A new era has truly begun. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. EFL Sesh podcast. I'm Andy. I'm one of your co-hosts and I'm here with my other esteemed co-host, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hello, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it really is. And it feels surreal that we're doing our first episode, something we've talked about for a while. And, uh, you know, it's really finally becoming or going coming into fruition, which is awesome, right? It is indeed. Creating life, bringing our ideas to life. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Absolutely. And uh, as as I said at the start, a, a new era has dawned. And yes, this is the EFL Sesh podcast. So for us, you know, this is a um, space and a, and a podcast which will be focusing solely on the EFL or the English Football League. So we'll be um, looking out for all the championship games, all the League One and League Two games and serving our reaction and, and gut instinct film. The way we want to do this podcast is very much like if you're with your mates um, your fellow EFL lovers um, in the pub and just shooting the breeze and having your gut instinct feel on your on the teams that either you support or follow or just generally the teams within your league and who you're actually facing against. Um, that's exactly what we want to bring to to you and uh, hopefully you really enjoy what we uh, what we give you. Um, I want to give a bit of introduction to who we are because obviously you know you're listening to this and you're like who the hell are Andy and Joe, so. Obviously, myself. I'm Andy. I've uh, I'm 29. I'm based in based in Essex, Essex born and bred. Um, I grew up a West Ham fan, so my dad was born near London, um, pretty much near the sound of Bow Bells. So naturally, West Ham was the team that I supported growing up. And but recent, very recently, the last couple of seasons, um, I've been going to a lot of Ipswich games. So uh, you can't see, but I'm actually wearing an Ipswich top right now. Um, so my partner's dad is a massive Ipswich fan. He's been a season ticket holder for many years. Um, but I've been, yeah, last season, last few couple of seasons, I've been going to a lot of games and really investing in that club, and definitely see them as definitely my second team or even my joint first team now. So it's been really good, kind of getting involved in the football league, and I've definitely got the itch, and I've. I've definitely got my opinions and I, I really look forward to sharing them with you. So that's a little bit about me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to send you to a very much, and not saying elder statesman, but very much more vast experienced DFL in Joe. Introduce yourself, mate. I was going to say, good correction. Elder statesman. I'm, I'm younger than you. Same age, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still 28. I'm still living the, the heyday of my youth. But um, yes, I, I am. A late Orient flan, afflicted from a very early age, um, early noughties, and a, a season ticket holder since two thousand and five, two thousand and six, our uh, our glory days. Um, yeah, passed down throughout the generations. So it's a thread that runs through uh, my family. Um, each father not content with uh, restricting the trauma of watching football at its poorest, they um to to only their generation, they they're desperate to pass it on to the next. Um, uh, an addiction that I have also been been given. Actually, I can't wait to subject my child to the sort of relative eye abuse that is watching um, Leighton Orient Football Club and and occasionally sort of the football league in general. Um, but I think that's where it's it's at its best. Really, it's uh, 
it's not about the winning, um, even though it's quite good when we win. Um, and it's not really about the losing either, because we lose more often than not. It's about the uh, <laughs> it's about the journey. It's about the journey we all go on as uh, as football fans and particularly football league fans, because I feel that you're a lot uh, well a lot closer to the action physically because you're not behind a million hoardings, but also a lot closer to the action emotionally because you tend to have a connection with the club that you're supporting. Oh, completely agree, right? You have that affinity with a club and it's, you know, you you go through the highs and lows, but you love it, right? And that's one of the reasons why I think the EFL is unique, right? You get, obviously, Premier League teams and, you know, that's a different kettle of fish. But, you know, when you're in the depths of, you know, a, ch- a Championship League 1 or League 2 season, you know, some of the things that you have to go through, but you do it for the love of the game and the love of the club, right? That's just super important. It's really, you know, refreshing hearing you say that. Um, and that's kind of what our podcast is all about, right? So, you know, for us, the structure is we'll be doing weekly podcasts where we'll review all the major leagues in the EFL, so Championship, League One, League Two. We'll look at the major transfer news and what's happening currently, you know, to the teams. But our first series, Joe's going to introduce, we're pretty much going to be doing our league reviews, previews, if you will, um, in 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 kind of preparation for the new season. So Joe, do you want to introduce the next, you know, to our series one? Exactly that. And I love that we're calling it series one. Um, Six episodes, as you alluded to, two per league. So two championship, two league one, two league two, um, where we will preview every league, uh, every league, every team within that league, um, including our general gut thoughts and opinions as they as they arrive on your uh, on your wheel of uh, selection, um, as well as any transfer activity that's gone on this summer and uh, where we think their seasons are going to end up. Um, we'll go team by team, twelve each episode, and it will culminate at the end of each two parter with us giving our uh, our league table predictions, whether we are uh, a friend or foe after that is yet to be decided. Um, we'll come up with a top goal scorer, player of the season, and surprise package, whether that be player, team, or manager. Um, as alluded to, we will select the teams each uh, each episode using a random name generator that Andy will be operating. He will be our Michael McIntyre to our wheel. And... Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be a lot of um, a lot of our our stats that we've compiled, a lot of our, our gut feeling as well. Um, we're not just going to be regurgitating Google at you. And I think you've got some lovely tidbits and some uh, facts as well about some of the teams. So, yeah, listeners, definitely listen in to some of them. There's some crackers in there. I like that. I, I like that they've been they've been teased because. Um, yes. Yeah, they, they, they won't need any introduction, but uh, it's yeah, it's good to have one for them. Exactly. Yeah, make, make the listeners uh, want more, you know, that's the most important. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's get cracking. Let's do the let's do the first spin of the wheel. Let's get stuck in. <laughs> Absolutely. Here we go. So the first team that have come out, and I think it was gonna start with me, wasn't it? So Coventry has come out. Coventry City. Nice. Okay, so Coventry, you know, from my research, you know, they've they've won the FA Cup, so they I'd consider them, you know, quite a big team. Um, you know, they they've kind of been in, I think they've been in the uh, Premier League. They've been one of them, you know, won a season up up there anyway or certainly in the first division for quite a long time. Um, obviously, you know, got to the playoff final last season. Um, you know, one of the teams which, you know, could have easily gone up, had a really, you know, decent spine and a decent team behind them. 
and again, one team that's, you know, in my mind, again, risen from the ashes, you know, all the issues they had with their financials, they literally lost their stadium, but now they're back literally in the Rico arena, which is, you know, great for them. And and it's great to see, you know, how, how well they've done in kind of dusting themselves off, you know, and, and really rising through the leagues again and, and getting into a position where they're really doing really well. You know, I really like their manager. So Mark Robbins is their manager for yes, me. Agreed. He's, he's, Sorry to jump in. Mark Robbins, oh, no, King. Love that guy. No, no he's yeah, absolutely. And and he's been there, done that, and he's actually done it with the club. He's been there for so long and he's actually seen the full transformation, you know, and, and, and pretty much a lot of the work that they've done and the way they've got there has really been, you know, he's been massively fundamental to that, which has been great. Um, you know, I think I'll be have a soft spot for Coventry. I think most people do from what they've done. And I think, you know, they're probably in for hopefully, a, you know, a pretty decent season again. However, you know, I, I do worry with their, you know, transfers and we're going to be focusing on transfers at the moment as we're doing our preview. They've obviously lost Jokerez and they've lost a lot of their released, you know, they've released quite a lot of players from the last season. And obviously, Jokerez was their top goal scorer last season. I think he got like 21 or 22 goals in the championship last season. He was one of the massive reasons why, you know, they got to got to where they are. I'd like to think they probably did overachieve last season a little bit. Um, maybe you think differently, Joe, but I think, you know, that, you know, Jokerez's goals take that away. And I think they're pretty much a mid-table team. So it's it, they have replaced him. So they've obviously brought in Ellis Sims from Everton. He was obviously very sought after from a lot of different championship clubs. Um, did pretty well at Sunderland last year and uh, came back to Everton for the last like few games of the season. And, you know, I, I think he did make a kind of a name for himself. They did pay big money for him, though. I think he got seven million. But on the other hand, Jokerez, I think, went to Sporting for like twenty million, which is obviously a massive kitty. And it's one thing I'm seeing definitely. You know, with the teams that we have in the Championship this year, the amount of money that's actually been quoted for players these days. You know, you're seeing Madison going for forty million. Barnes has literally just gone to Newcastle for thirty nine million. You know, twenty million really isn't. You know. It shouldn't be a shock now where, you know, in the championship, you know, you used to try and get them gems or Premier League teams would get them gems from the championship for like, you know, four or five million. I remember when I got, you know, when West Ham got Aaron Presswell, who was incredibly highly rated in Ipswich in the championship. And we got him for like three million back in the day. And that seemed a lot of money, but that's just like, you know, that's some of these figures and fees now being paid. That's pocket money. So, you know, Sims is a good signing. They seem to have also got this um, Japanese player, Sakamoto, um, who seems to be quite highly rated in, in I think, a Denmark league or, you know, Danish uh, Nordic league. Um, so for me, I still think they're lacking a little bit of, you know, squad depth in the attacking areas, especially if I think it's Harmer, isn't it? Harmer's their kind of like, you know, quite key midfielder. I think they're, you know, if he goes as well, which is pretty much touted he will do, they, they've got to replace quality with quality if they're really going to be, you know, fighting again for them playoff places or even automatics. So, you know, I've, I'm I'm not going to go through my actual prediction where I think they're going to end up, but I think they're probably going to be around playoffs, maybe just outside playoffs. What's your view, Joe? Just quickly. Yeah, I fear that we're not going to disagree as violently I would have, as I would have liked on this one, I have to say. Sure. Um, I mean, you've picked up on the Gyokura's uh, departure. Um, Obviously, the goals are here. I think more so his presence in the team. You don't lose a big target man like that and suffer without replacing him. Although Ellis Sims is presumably a championship quality striker from what we've seen of him. I I don't think he offers 
everything that that Gyokuris does. And I think yeah. you touched upon the main point for me is if they lose Hamer as well or, or Hamer, yeah. if uh, if you are pronouncing that more, more correctly. Um, Probably not. I think I think that's <laughs> I think that's a, I think it's a huge miss. Um, and I I think we're we're probably going to fall very closely on our uh, end of uh, end of season predictions. I I feel yeah. remiss not to include the inclusions of uh, Jade Silver and Le Tabodier yeah. as well. Yes, true. Yeah, um, absolutely. Only included because I wanted to, I spent about an hour getting that that pronunciation correct. So I thought if it, it can't go it can't go unannounced. Um, yeah, sure, shoring up the defense, but but probably not for uh for any reason other than to finish higher than uh than tenth. But, yeah, no, absolutely. I've got an interesting commentary stat if you if you want it, Andy. Um, hit me, hit me, definitely. Well, I've got a couple actually. One one football related. Um, yeah. Since Mark Robbins took over in 2016-17, commentary have never finished lower than the season before, which I thought was bonkers. That's that is bonkers. To six be fair. consecutive seasons where they have finished higher than the season before. So, again, shout out Mark Robbins, short king. 111 goals in 390 games when he was a player as well. That's not too shabby. Um, and well, then the full commentary, commentary, full commentary oh, no, well, for, yeah. for, for everyone. He played for everyone under the sun. Oh, nice. He was a bit, bit of a journeyman. He's no club legend. Um, nice. And yeah, Coventry um, pioneered town twinning, apparently, and is now twinned with 26 towns and cities worldwide. Um, Dresden, yeah. Volgograd. Nice. And Jinan, to name just a few. Yeah. Uh, but please, please, if you've got more of these, just keep them coming. The list yeah, there might be. It'd be, it'd be pretty strange if that was my only one. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that is excellent. But I, I think we're pretty much in, in, in kind of agreement that they need to keep, you know, Harmer or Hamer and whoever, whatever his name is. But I think they probably do need a little bit more strength and depth and they have the money to do it with obviously the, the Yokere's fees. So I think a bit more, I need to see a bit more from them in the transfer window for me to be convinced that they're probably going to be in that playoff playoff zone again. I like that. Where you got them, Andy? Where have you got them? Uh, I, I've got them. I've I've got them eighth at the moment. That's Ooh, kind okay. of like where I'm thinking. That's but that's uh... that's not not too sure. So I went tenth. So oh, okay, not a million miles sure. off. Yeah, not a yeah. million miles off. I think what we'll do is we'll tease that for episode two, and we'll actually just go one by one on our start on our kind ah, of thing. Okay. I think we'll do that. Let's do that. I think yeah, that'd that. be quite good because I think yeah. it'll be. Uh, I think the, the the listeners will have their own opinions as well. And please, you know, send us like load of, you know, we're going to be creating social medias for all of our um, podcast for this podcast. So, you know, this, there's going to be loads of avenues for you to, you know, share your opinion and we really value your opinion and any comments that you say, we'll definitely put them in the podcast and we'll shout them out. So, yeah, please do. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's team one of our preview done. Um, Joe, it's over to you. I'll spin the wheel for you. Please do. Um, the, the excitement is palpable. Hmm. Okay, so Preston North End, you have got Mr. Weaver. Excellent. My favourite of all of the exciting teams to come out of the, uh, well, the, the North. Yeah, very West, North. I want to yeah, say. North yeah, Northwest. Yeah, around that well, way. Well, well done, me. Um, <laughs> Good geography. Yeah. Last year, bang on mid table, 12th, classic season. For Preston North End, quite a good one actually in the championship from uh from recent history. Um, 
I don't think they'll repeat the trick. I don't think they'll do quite as well next year without giving where I've uh, where I've got them away. But equally, mm-hmm. maybe won't be in the worst shape. I think um, manager Ryan Lowe, solid, doing doing well, building up his portfolio. knows uh, knows what he's about. I think keeping key players is important from this year. So really, there's been no notable um, outgoings. To be to be perfectly yeah. honest, I think they're keeping hold of their their key players like Ben Whiteman and Liam Lindsay. And I think bringing in players like Will Keane and and uh, here's a, here's another challenging pronunciation for me, Frockier Jensen. There you go. Feel free to get in touch and correct me, Frockier Jensen, if if you're listening. Um, yeah, shows a bit of attacking intent. Not high goal scorers last year, so um, yeah, I I I I, I don't think that. Uh, these transfers will correct that necessarily, but um, we shall see. Um, I did see. I did see. Literally, I think it was yesterday. So we're recording this on the was it the twenty fourth of July. I think yesterday they signed um, Stewart from Liverpool. So he's he was the um, Premier League two top scorer last season. So I think they're kind of investing in youth. I think, and obviously Ryan Lowe being a you know semi semi young manager, mm. I think he's very much trying to bring kind of a bit of youth to the to the um to the proceedings but i completely agree with you i think Keane's a de- decent sign in they've also got homes i think um was it durant homes i think like that or, or, i think it's a us international i think and got him from huddersfield seems a pretty decent decent midfielder as well so I, again probably much similar to you um similar to you probably in your prediction um Probably well, they, 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 they lost a Barrow the other day. So I know I know it's only pre-season, but that doesn't fill me with confidence. It's only pre-season, mate. It's only about getting uh, 90, 90 minutes in the legs. Well, no, notice how only the managers who lose say that. Everyone else are like, oh, it's great to get minutes in the legs and to, and to, to get that winning culture. And, and everyone who's getting pumped by like, yeah, <laughs> Colchester, like, oh, sugar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, oh, it's just about getting minutes in. No, rubbish, mate. Sets the yeah. tone for the season. Don't lose to Barrow 1-0 if you want to do well in the championship. There's my advice. I should be a championship manager. I, I think after this podcast, I think you you might you might get there, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's all good. Okay, anything else to talk about Preston from your side? I think... Uh... Yeah. Did you know they were the first uh, Invincibles? Were they actually? Yeah, they were the English Football League champions. They didn't lose a single match. Yeah, I've, 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 on my research, I've looked at their kind of like history, and they say two times English champions, so Division One champions, and they won the FA Cup. We, I think, we also beat them, or they might be us, West Ham, in the uh, in the FA Cup final in like nineteen fifties or nineteen sixties mm. as well. So yeah, uh, it was weird to see you know Preston with like silverware. Mm. You don't associate with them from our generation anyway, but you know clearly, no. clearly they were a very decent side back in the day. Indeed. I have a weird badge-related fact for uh, for Preston as well. Um, <laughs> that, that, that thing on their badge is, is a lamb. Um, and when I was re- researching why the lamb, I mean, why the lamb, quite boring, just, just on their sort of borough's coat of arms, but something piqued my interest. It said there is a lamb standing up on an older version of a badge. And, I mean, in my mind, what would you think of if I told you I saw a lamb standing up? I'd think you're crazy. Well, see, yeah, so your mind has gone to the same place as me. Like, it's sort of reared up on its hind legs, like maybe as if it was about to take a free kick. But actually, it, they, it, they just meant it's like its legs were extended. So instead of like, it was still on all fours, but instead of being like laid down, 
it was just standing up on all fours. I thought that was very misleading. Uh, I thought, you yeah. know what? If you're going to promise me a lamb standing up, I expect it like giving it the big one or having just like finished a big sort of Preston North End version of, of I don't know, Ronaldo's Sue celebration or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would that would get that that would that would definitely boost my prediction for them for next year. Um, yeah, unfortunately not. It's just an ordinary lamb. Um, to, be, to be fair, for my, for, my, for my friends at home, there's a. Uh, I always try and uh, do a sue in front of the Ronaldo statue in Madeira. So you know, I'll have to show you that uh, offline, Joe. I, I try and always, I try and always Ooh, do I look that. Forward yeah, it's, but yeah, just reminded me when I do the Sue in front of the Ronaldo statue. It's very amusing. But no, again, <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> again, just keep these facts coming. I'm loving them. And, uh, you know, I know the listeners are too, so that's great. Mm. Cool. I, I think that's pretty much everything on Preston. Shall we go I to think the next so. one? Spin the wheel, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. So it's me. Who is it? Oh, Plymouth Argyle. Excellent. So, obviously, I had a bit of a, I had a bit of an experience with Plymouth last season because following Ipswich quite, you know, quite a lot last season. And and I forgot to say in the intro, or you know, I might do it in the intro. Um, I'm actually got a season ticket this year for Ipswich, so uh, I I've actually purchased one, and uh, we'll be going to a lot more games in the Championship this season. Probably again, hence why we've created this podcast because Joe, you've been a season ticket holder at Orient for how many years now? Ooh, about 18 unfortunately 18, for me 18. Mm. that is madness that is amazing that's a commitment to the nth degree I love it um, but obviously I had a lot of dealings with Plymouth last season because uh, Mipswich pretty much were going toe to toe with them all of last season for the League One title um, you know absolute kudos for, Pit- for Plymouth you know last season you know smashing over 100 points and, you know, winning the amount of games they did, you know, at home, I think they only lost once at home all season or maybe even went unbeaten at home all season. Um, you know, that they clearly have something about them. But I, I just, I'm just not seeing anything from them this season. I just think that maybe they overachieved and, and maybe they, you know, you know, that they... <sighs> They're just. I just think they're going to struggle this season. But I'll, I'll go on to that in a minute. I really rate their manager though, Stephen Schumacher. You know, yeah, you you can't knock what he did last season. The amount of goals they scored, you know, the amount of points they accumulated. He seems to make. You know, when I saw him play against Ipswich last season, you know, I watched on telly because they've actually somehow put them both on the Sky that season. They played some really nice, expansive football. You know, their win backs were very inverted, so they you know pushed on really highly. They were like, you know, it was kind of a bit like rock and roll football for League One. You know, where, you know, League One's kind of associated normally with a little bit of like hoof ball and not the nicest aesthetically pleasing football. But you know, Plymouth, you know, a really breath of fresh air, and I think they you know suited to the league really, really well. But I think they will struggle in the Championship. I think you know it's the, it's clearly the you know the smallest squad in terms of you know value of players they've obviously done some good business recently so they've um got Whitaker back so Whitaker was one of their top scorers last season they've got him on a permanent from Swansea now that was a really good signing and they've got their you know probably their player of the season last year um Mumba from Norwich on a permanent I think it was literally like a couple of days ago they sorted it out um but you know that they've they've just kind of their their other transfer business. I've seen they've got someone called Hazard from Celtic, who I don't really know too much about. Um, 
you know, Kester, I think Kester Hayden from Aston Villa, who's a youngster from Aston Villa, you know, it, it's very much I'm seeing a, with a lot of these teams. And again, it might just be an EFL thing. They put their money on youngsters that are playing for big Premier League clubs and just expecting them to, you know, do the business where, you know, it, they're only young, right? The young, the young footballers are still maturing, not just in their footballing ability and IQ, they're maturing into their body and, you know, to the league as well. So I just think that they they really are going to need some more maybe championship experience in their team to really, you know, not be at the back end of the you know back end of the table and then risk a relegation. So I think if I see a bit more, you know, not say smarter recruitment but a bit more experience recruitment, I think they might have a fighting chance, but I really do worry for them this season. I don't know what about you, Joe? Well, I don't disagree with your transfer analysis, but I, I can't. I, I think Centurion momentum just keeps you up. I, I think there's so much to be said for keeping your manager, bringing back your best players from the season before. I don't know. I, I can't see him being bottom three anyway. Let's okay. put it that way. But, um, but yeah, not don't, don't think they'll be tearing up any trees. But um, yeah, no. I like the look of Plymouth. It, it, it's it's you are right in the sense that you know that like Ipswich they will have momentum from last season and they have I'll a habit of winning, right? it's a culture of winning. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's this. I'm quite surprised I didn't uh, bring it in earlier. To be totally honest, um, <laughs> but I think I just I just think out of the two, three or three promoted clubs, I think Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday in my mind are more equipped to stay in the league because I think. They've got the got the quality of players, and I think they've got some experience and some really high quality championship experience, and that goes a really long way. Like Plymouth have been in League One, I think for well, they were in League Two a couple of seasons ago. They've had a couple of seasons of experience in League One. When you get to know the league, then you kind of become, in my mind, league smart um, and know how to kind of manoeuvre or get yourself through the league. And I just don't think they've got it in in that team, and I. I it's a different beast, right? And I think Ipswich have definitely a lot of players that have had, you know, championship experience. You know, how Barry Bannon was playing in League One for Sheffield Wednesday. I thought that was a bit of a cheat code last season, if I'm being totally honest. So he's, you know, he's a championship player around. I think that they're, they're just a bit more well equipped. You know, they might prove me wrong. They're, you know, sometimes teams come up and they're completely revolutionised and they're just a breath of fresh air and teams just don't know how to deal with them. But I just don't think that's going to happen with Plymouth. But that's just me being a bit of a pessimist. Hey, fair enough. Some Somebody's got to go down. Yeah, um, well, absolutely. Yeah, that that's the thing I found hard with the table. It was hard to actually send teams down because there's so many teams. Oh, it quite the opposite. There's so oh, much yeah, dross. Yeah. Honestly, everyone started at the bottom for me, and they just sort of got chunked up. I was like, no, they're even worse. They'll come twenty fourth actually. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe I'm looking at it with rose tinted glasses. Maybe Plymouth actually were just the uh, the ex least worst team for me. Mm, but um, maybe we shall see. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like your Plymouth fact? I'll Andy? go for it, Joe. Go for it, Joe. What was Neil Warnock doing in May 1996? I don't know, probably like assistant manager or like assistant manager at Plymouth. I don't know. He was winning the Division 3 playoff final with Plymouth. And that's not even, we haven't even started to get into the fact yet. Do you know how much the silver trophy costs without the lid with an owl on it and the plinth it came on? (laughs) No, do enlighten me. (laughs) £75,000. And do you know how I know that? How? Because it's currently on eBay. 
<laughs> so if you would like to buy it, you can go on eBay and look it up. And oh. it's, it's there. They have apparently lost the owl and the plinth. I don't know like who where those are. So presumably sold separately. But um, the actual trophy, if you wanted to drink out of a Division Three playoff final trophy, um, yeah, if you've got seventy five grand, well, maybe he's got make best offer on. I might, I might do what I do with football shirts and chuck like a sort of a fifty quidder in just to see if they accept it if it's been on. Amazing, yeah. Just put in a just um, put in a a little bid and see if it, see if anyone notices. Yeah, but there, there you go. If you want to draw a bit of Plymouth Argyle history, um, you didn't know it was uh, it was live. Uh, look it up. It's there right now. No one's apparently no one's rushing to buy it, which I find nuts. I mean, I thought it'd be the first thing in everyone's basket, but, but there we that, go. That's um, that's one of our first social media posts right there, right? So that's uh, that's right <laughs> up there. <laughs> nice one. Okay, I think we've talked about Plymouth enough. Let's go to mm. our next team. This is under your remit, Joseph. Perfect. So next on the list. Oh, okay. Oh, one second. It's like between one or two. Sunderland. Sunderland. I'll click all the way to the right of my uh my research sheet. Um Sunderland. Last year's sixth position, Sunderland, you mean? Um, I yeah, presume absolutely. you do. Um straight straight out of the gate, manager Tony Mowbray, that screams success in the championship to me. I um I love Tony Mowbray, so yeah, that's that's an immediate tick. That's an immediate positive. Um, he's someone that I think everyone loves, right? I think oh, he's just that manager that's yeah. like, I don't know. He, he's he's always speaks really well, and he kind of to me he always looks that kind of like that fun uncle, that uncle you always want. <laughs> you know, he kind of gives off that cool vibe. But no, he's he's you know he's very proven in the championship, and he's you know he's he's a very safe pair of hands. I think that was a very good appointment by yeah, something definitely. I agree with Especially, that. Yeah, I'd, definitely. I think the characterization of him as the fun uncle is probably the first time he'll ever have heard that before, but I'm I'm all for that. Um <laughs> Life of the Party, Tony Mowbray. Oh, but, um, I, I would love to go on a night out with him. What, uh, yeah, what a night that'd be. Yeah, I guess yeah, it depends what type of party to be fair. Um yeah. transfers out, again, I've got nobody of note really. Nobody they couldn't afford to lose. Apologies <laughs> if you weren't on the West Brom retention list this year, but I uh, I don't think you were uh, you were of value. Um, I like the inclusion of Luis Semedo. I like the fact so far they've kept Jack Clark because I think he's quality. Um, you bid him like... for him recently, though, isn't there? I've seen. Yeah, definitely. there's a bit of worry. There's a bit of a worry that he'll go. Burnley but... sniffing around him. I think they put yeah. in a ten billion pound bid today that's been rejected, but I think they'll come mm. back in for him. Burnley got a nose for a player as well. Stole uh, stole Leighton Orient's first choice goalkeeper this year. Which I is saw. Yes, but, um... I didn't see that yet. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe that'll probably tempt Jack Clark as well. To be fair, he wants to play with the uh, the Titan of um, Lawrence Vigaru in the uh, <laughs> when they all get their run out in the League Cup next year. But um, <laughs> we shall see. Um, and I think keeping players like Ahmad Diallo is massive as well. Um, it, it, in the Championship, it's important to have those players that sort of break the lines and are creative. And I, yeah, I, I think is, is he still player. there? I swear he went back to United, didn't he? Hope not. Otherwise, that that's that segment ruined. We um. I tell you what. Let's let's let's, let's, let's let's not look it up. Let's just imagine that he's still there. Yeah. And, um, probably they're probably sniffing around him again. There you go. Yeah. Home, right, exactly. So. But he, he, maybe they brought him back just just for me. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast and they go, you know what? That sounds like a sensible move. We'll get him back in now that me and now that me and Tony are good mates because he thinks that we think he's the fun uncle. Um. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's probably a goer. Um, Definitely. Joe Bellingham, I think, is a great signing yeah. as well. I think yeah. that's Classic. a um, 
Like if 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 he's anything like his brother, right? And apparently he's like as good or even better than his brother. The people were saying that's you know that's one for the future. But that's a wild if, claim, blimey! Well, I, I've 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 read stuff, you know, read stuff that the, the claim. <laughs> I'm going to start the, using that as my sources. Well, I'll tell you yeah, what, I've read, read stuff. stuff so there you yeah, go. Too fair, Madeline Line is probably not the best uh, source of in, in source of uh, truth, but you know, it's uh, we'll I, 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 I think that's a great signing. I think that's mm-hmm. um that shows that they're, you know, a progressive team that want to invest in youth, but want to nurture youth and actually get them playing really good football and, you know, get them into, make them stars and, you know, spearhead their, spearhead their promotion push, essentially. I agree with that. Chris Rigg as well, 16-year-old yeah. sensation this preseason. Yeah, Can't absolutely. Stop talking about him. And again, even though Tony Mowbray might all be our fan uncle, he doesn't seem the sort to promote 16-year-old kids to the first team unless they're really good. So... Yeah, I uh excited to see what's coming out of West Brom this year. And if they pull <laughs> off the signing of Van Hoydonk as well, then uh I'm all for that. I love a target man from uh from the Netherlands. I think they're they're my they're my favourite player. Um Venegor of Hesselink sort of is up there at the top. No one's yet to topple him, but I don't know, we've had a few uh wasn't he Celtic there. as well? Didn't he go to Celtic? I Venable? believe so. Yeah. He's just a bit of like a household name back in the day, and it's mm. only like certain people that remember. Well, he's it. still a household yeah. name now in the day around here. Whenever Mel yeah. gets in the door, we greet each other in our classic Venegor of Hesselink uh, classic kits. Um, well, Andy, do you want uh, do you want your, your Sunderland interesting fact for for or, or do you have anything else to to add about them? No, no, hit me with a fact, mate. Okay, it, it's it's actually less of a Sunderland fun fact and more of a Tony Mowbray specific. It's this one's mainly been a Tony Mowbray review, to be honest. I know, right? And we should just I make it Tony I, Mowbray. I, I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. But um, Tony Mowbray is from Saltburn, and what else is from Saltburn? No idea. The funicular, and what's a funicular? I hear you ask. Well, <laughs> what is it, it? It's like a it's like a cable car up a cliff and the car at the top uh, it, it, they fill it with water so it like it, it goes back down the the cliff and brings the other cable car up but they only fill it like a little bit so it's 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 only controlled by how much water you put in it so i presume if you put loads of water in it and people are really light it like flies to the bottom or if you embarrassingly don't put enough water in there's loads of fatties in it it, 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 or no, that no, it'd be the other way around. So if you if you didn't put enough water in and loads of light people in there, it wouldn't go anywhere, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's embarrassing." And equally, if at the bottom you put loads of fat boys in, you'd need to fill it up like really high for it to go all the way down. Like the the, the thought of a funicular really captures my imagination. Um, and yeah, Saltburn <laughs> has has one, and Tony Mowbray, they got all the fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> a fun uncle with a funicular. I love it. Oh wow! Yeah, what what connecting the dots? That's incredible. I know, right? I'm you're sensational, absolutely sensational. Keep them coming. And that okay. directly contributed to where I put them in the table. Um, nice, <laughs> nice. Love that. Okay, next team. This is team five. Is it team five? I think so. Five or six. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I have got a team that I have. Not say strong opinions of, but mm. I am interested to talk about Stoke City. <laughs> so, you know what they? You know, I really rate their manager. I think Alex Neil's a good manager, proven manager in the in the Championship. Done some pretty decent jobs wherever he's gone. Essentially, I think he's a solid appointment. But 
it's been so many years since they come down from the Premier League where they've just been average, haven't they? Just been such mm. an average team. But you have so, like every season, you think oh, they've, got, they've really like got some good players. They've really invested in some decent, de- decent squad players, and you think they're going to do really, really well. Mm. But every single season, it's just average. They may go on like a run of like three or four wins, but then they'll like lose like six in a row and just be completely out of fodder for like a. You know, long periods of the season, mm. so they're just so frustrating. I think I feel so sorry for Stoke fans, and you know, you know, put your messages in Stoke fans. But I just think you must feel so frustrated about your team because you have all the ingredients to be a really top quality side. But I think you know, you've really got. You just need to really be unlocked, and and I think if you have a good season this year, you know, you could easily go go straight up. You have the minerals and the squad to do it. You've done it before, but at the moment, it just must be so frustrating. So you know they're they're a team that you know I always want to do want them to do well, but they always just mildly like you know it's always a damp squid at the end of the season. So the transfer business, I think, has actually been pretty decent. So they've got in you know they've got in Pearson from Bournemouth, who's a decent player. They've got a you know a decent centre back in Hoover um, from Wolves. He seems pretty decent player. Um, you know. Was that was was there last season? You know, pretty did really well, so that's a permanent there. Um, they've got Stevens from Sheffield United, who's a bit of a proven Championship player. Yeah, I think that's a good signing. Yeah, I think that's a really good signing. The only thing I'm really sad about they got rid of Nick Powell, didn't they? They took, mm. they sent him to Stockport. I know he's he's always been someone that's you know got bags and bags of ability, and everyone says like, oh, if he only did this or if he tried a lot harder, he'd be playing in the Premier League. But you know, clearly, clearly, there's either an not saying attitude issue there, but there's always you know something holding him back. So it's a shame that he's gone. But he's gone down to League Two with Stockport, right? Stockport, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he'll have bags and bags of money to go with his bags and bags of experience now. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that'll be an excuse for not running around the pitch anymore. He's uh, a yeah. his wallet's too heavy. Yeah, that's so true. I think um, I think they've started to invest in quite a few players recently. They've definitely had a few decent signings. I like Baker. He's a decent player. I think they've got some, you know, they've got, again, they've got a really good spine of a squad and they've got the ingredients to do really well, but it's just whether they can really just, you know, put them ingredients into a winning formula, right? And it's, again, I just still think they probably have an average season, but, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> I just, I, I just have a frustration with that team because I know they could do so much better, but they just don't, and that really winds me up. But I just, I, I can't imagine Stoke fans right now. They must be just, they must be pulling their hair out sometimes, or lack of hair if they're bold. It's all good. <laughs> um, Shout out to all the bald Stoke fans. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree on the transfer business. I have to say, I think their ins are often pretty okay, pretty solid, but. Every year they seem to lose a big chunk of experience that they then just don't replace. I mean, you look at it again this year, and I know they're aging players, but they're so important in a, in a division like the Championship. You've got players like Fox, Flint, Klukas, Jagielka. These, they're just good players to have around. I yeah. think losing them, you, you lose more than just their ability on the pitch. Um, and yeah, it seems to be something that they can't quite grasp at the moment. Again, another Ipswich plug, but like one of them players that they had last season was Richard Keogh. Like he's an old player and he's never going to be anywhere near the first team, but just having them around the building and just nurturing the younger players and helping them out and just being a presence in the team, you know, it's worth its weight in gold with these kind of clubs, right? I completely agree. Hey, hey, if you're going to do it, which I'm going to do late in Orient, shout out Darren yeah. Bratley. What a guy. <laughs> Bratley, absolute, what? Absolute hero. 
oh, yeah. wheelbarrowed onto the pitch at the start of every game, but still runs the midfield in League Two. Absolute warrior. Absolute warrior. Yeah, My first so... child's name will be Darren and the second one will be Prattley. So I, I hope they're both boys. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh God, I can't stop laughing. Um, so yeah, I, I I completely agree. I think they've they need to. They probably should have kept a couple of their experienced ones, but they've, you know, they've got they've had some pretty decent transfer business. But you know, I'm still kind of think they're going to be in mediocre mid table, unfortunately. Any 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 Stoke facts you got or anything? I got I got a couple actually. One one's yeah. more of a fact. One one's an anecdote. But the. Uh... The fact is, did you know that Stoke upon Trent is actually six towns, only one of them being Stoke? Didn't know that at all. Yeah. The other oh, wait, oh, wait. Hadley, yeah. Burslem, Fenton, Launton, and Tunstall nice. are six sort of I don't know what you'd call them, things that make up the city of Stoke on Trent. So I thought that was quite interesting. And then um my personal anecdote, last January went to the uh I think it's still the Bet365 Stadium, Stoke Stadium. Is, yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll go with it. We'll run with it. There's no one here to correct me. Um, for the FA Cup third round game against Orient, where we got roundly beaten 2-0. Fine, didn't matter. Got got promoted. Um, on the concourse at halftime, I go, okay, I'll, I'll buy a beer. Two Carling was there, so I was like, fine, two Carlings. Plastic bottles. Never seen that before. Plastic bottles of Carling. I've never seen Carling in a glass bottle. Let alone yeah, two surreal. plastic bottles of yeah, it and it clearly stuck with me because I still talk about it regularly. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Stoke on Trent's plastic bottles of Carling. Um, and yeah, if, if Carling are stuff. after you know, it, I, they could sponsor us. I'd drink Carling while we did the pod if uh, if if they wanted to chuck a Absolutely. sponsorship our way. That's that's fine by me. Absolutely, you know, any sponsorship mm. will definitely, uh, you know, be welcomed, whatever, right? And we'll definitely plug you, right? So any sponsors, you know, we'll we'll, we'll put our put our contact details at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, cool, nice one. I think we've said enough about Stoke. Let's spin yeah. the wheel another time. So I think it's your go, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> it's the scum. It's Norwich. Oh, when you, oh, I did not connect the dots in my head there. I was like, why on earth would we be saying that? But obviously it's which, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, you are not going to like where I have predicted they, they are going to come this year. But, um, okay, go for but, it. But there we go. Um, I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind what they're doing transfer-wise. I think that David Wagner, he's, he's got a good head on those shoulders. Been there, done it before in the championship. Um did it have yeah, his Huddersfield, wasn't it? Huddersfield, yep, took exactly out, that. It? Playing good football as well, which is what I, uh, I think those knowledgeable Norwich fans uh, appreciate. Um, I don't hate Timu Puki leaving, to be quite honest. I, I think that he was a good servant to the club, but I don't think you should just cling on for that reason. Um, as Jamie Vardy at Leicester probably proves, to be honest. Um, I think they've got, I, I don't know, good, go him out the door. He's not going to hang around anymore bringing in the, the titan of uh, Ashley Barnes as well. What a replacement. Um, that's a good signing. Yeah, Definitely. for the championship, that's unreal. Um, yeah. I actually like bringing in players like Duffy as well. I yeah. think you've got, their, yeah, yeah. you've got their proven Premier League experience. Come down, tighten up. Love that. Um, and again, keeping those key players. It doesn't really look like Grant Hanley or Josh Sargent are going anywhere. Two, two really key members of the core spine of that team. Um I, I I think they're going to do well. 
Andy. I've got. I, I'm. I'm yeah. so sold on David Wagner that, or Wagner. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Wagner. Wagner again. Call in, Dave. Call in, and we'll uh we'll correct it live. But um, yeah, I I, I like it. I like what I like what they're about. Yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, unfortunately, I I got to agree. With you. I thought I really rate their transfer business. I think Duffy's a absolute steal in the championship. I think that's a great signing, and I think you know even getting people is it Jack Stacey from Bournemouth as well. Like you know you know what you're going to get with them players, and you know that they know the league. They know exactly like like I said about Plymouth. Proven experienced championship players actually even played at a higher level. Again, they're worth the weight in gold for teams, right? And they 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 know how to deal with this league and know how to you know you know if it's like eighty five minutes in, they'll know how to like hold it up or you know do the right things to get you over the line for three points, which is so important in these kind of you know scenarios when it's a forty six game season as well. I love that game management. Is yeah, what we're game management. Absolutely, but I agree with you. The Pookie's the Pookie departure was, I think, inevitable, and I'm, um, you know, good luck to him. He's been a massive servant to that club, and you know, he's, you know, he's a bit of a legend around that way. And you know, he, he kind of like, you know, got a uh, got Finland on the map, really, didn't he? In terms of you know recent recent memory. So wow. you know. that's, a, that's a big claim. Well, uh, well put, put Finland on the map. Well, just in terms of like football, you know, they had some really good Finnish players back in the day, but I don't really know anyone bar Pookie that's been like world class or like you know at one point like really really highly rated. I don't know, quote me if you want if you want, Joe. I don't think I I can think of anyone top of my head. No, you'd have to get back <laughs> to me. I made I made a complete fool of myself. That's I, fine. It's all good. <laughs> I was even googling Finland players in the background to try and prove you wrong, but actually, it's come up with a bunch of players that I'm not even sure are still playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, no, I've got I've got nothing. I'm sorry, Finland. Um, just get better That's all right. at football, I guess, no. and, then, <laughs> and then you won't be embarrassed like this. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Anything else on Norwich, Joe? I actually have a topical sort of Norwich and Ipswich fact challenge for, for you, if you will. Nice. Go for um, it. Ipswich and Norwich have played 107 times in total, apparently, according to the internet is my source. Yeah. What do you reckon their record is? Um, well, obviously, Ipswich back in the day were one of the, like, the strongest teams in England under the Bobby Robson Alf Ramsey era. So I think probably they would have done well in that era. But I think more recent times, obviously, Norwich probably has had the upper hand. So I'm going to say, is that 107 times, did you say? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I'm going to say probably 40 Norwich, the. You know, thirty Ipswich, like thirty draws, probably around that. That is, uh, that was dangerously close. When you said forty wins for Norwich, I was worried. Um, oh wow, it's actually forty-two wins for Norwich. Wow, twenty-two draws and yep. forty-three wins for Ipswich. So wow, you're wild. in the lead until they turn you over twice this year, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, it all comes crumbling down. But yeah, oh, we'll it's, tight. That. it's tight at the top. Yeah, I, I just thought because obviously Ipswich back in the day were really successful. I thought they would have definitely probably got a few wins under their belt, mm. but definitely even recently. more than you imagined. Love it, good stuff. Okay, we'll move on yeah. over to me. Team number seven, I think. Five more in this episode, so we'll keep cracking on. Okay, Cardiff City for me. So again. They were 
pretty trash this season. Pretty much just <laughs> last season. So they were uh, they just escaped relegation. Definitely struggled. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I absolutely have no idea about this new manager they've got. I think it's Errol. Errol, Errol Bullet. You've never heard um, of Errol Bullet. Never heard of him. So he well, well, he um that he put me on the spot there, but I do actually know a little bit about Errol Bullet. He um he had quite the playing career across both Turkey and Germany before oh, okay. returning to Turkey to um to manage over the last six years oh, okay. and some pretty well-known clubs as well, which has been um. Which was a surprise for me because the only reason I was searching him was I had a very similar uh, experience when I first saw the name and was like, "What on earth?" Um, yeah, it's an interesting one because I think yeah. it, it, it wasn't their first choice. I think they did want um, the the French guy they had in before to continue, um, yeah. and he told them to do one, please. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah. Definitely, their transfer business has been, you know, they've actually been quite active, which has been good to see. They've obviously got a lot of free transfers out of the club, probably mm. to reduce the wage bill for the club. But obviously, the the statement signing or the you know reunion signing is the signing of um, Ramsey from Nice, right? So mm. Aaron Ramsey's back home where he started his career, pretty much. And uh, I don't know whether that's a good signing or not. I think yeah, you know, he's clearly in the twilight of his career, but it, again, for a championship club. Probably a lot of championship clubs probably would take Aaron Ramsey in their team, if I'm being totally honest. Like he'll definitely do a job, but it depends how long he can do a job for. That's my massive question mark. I don't think you're gonna get a forty six game season out of him, don't get me wrong, but I think, you know, he can definitely put it on, but you need a play that's gonna be available every single week. And I don't think Ramsey gives you that personally. Yeah, I it's funny you say that because I, I, I hate that transfer. Yeah. Um I, I, I hate those homecoming transfers. I, I'm yet to see one that really works. I yeah. think you, why you pick up a regardless if it's on a free or not. I don't know why you pick up a player on such a slide. Um, it seems like a really bizarre move, to be honest. I think if I were a Cardiff fan, which I'm not, so that means very little. Um, yeah. Much more excited about the even Carlin Grant on loan. Yaku yeah. Maite, I love that. Oh, guy. yeah, what um, a legend he's been. Yeah, and um, Gutas as well at centre back. Yeah. I think those are the players that are going to come in and they're going to make immediate impacts on the first team, much Definitely. more so than a than a player like Ramsey is. But. Hey, somebody's got to sell the shirts. So yeah, true. You, know, you can definitely see it as a you know not just a footballing move; it's a business move. You know, like any like when Bale came back to Spurs, you know that you know he didn't do great, right? But he he um he sold a lot of shirts. Very good mm. business at the end of the day, and you know, but I, th- I, th- I still think you can do a job. Like he's still definitely a player in there. It's just I don't think you're going to get half the amount of games for out of him than than you yeah. need, right? That's definitely the signings that you highlighted and i think again they'll they'll probably be a bit higher than they were this year i think i probably they 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 still will be in the bottom half and i think they'll be flirting relegation but i don't think they will get relegated that's kind of like my prediction but i think you know mm. we'll see yeah I, I think again we might be on for a uh bit of a disagreement for, there no i know for an agreement again i'm oh, okay. very uh it, we seem to have aligned the this our, our stars have aligned and we keep on agreeing but um that's, that's good though I suppose. Yeah, I it shows that we boat. kind of had a similar viewpoint on on football which is important okay that that's true. cardiff that's cardiff done or unless you've got a, a, a exceptional cardiff fact you want to bring in uh 
I don't know. I've got an interesting tidbit. Um, Go for it. Only team from outside of England to win an FA Cup. Um, yeah, they did win it. Yeah. Yeah, there shout go. out the the titans of that team. Absolutely, That's it. nothing else. Then, nothing else to say about that. That was it. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to when we talk about Wrexham later on in the in the future. It's going to be very interesting. Okay, cool. Next team on the list. Over to you, Joe. And the team Thank is. You. Oh, it is Bristol City. Bristol City. This is a very interesting Love, one. Lovely because, part of the world. Love Bristol. Yeah, because uh, without giving too much away, these are, yeah, I've got my eye on Bristol City this year. Um, 14th place last year. Yeah. Oh, no, not not this year. I'm telling you, not this year. So, yeah, if you're a betting man, I'd get your wallet out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think losing Jay De Silva, nightmare. Um I think he's a good player and he's in one of those skill positions as well at the back that are very difficult to, to fill but I like the cyclical nature of their transfers in I like the people at McCrory Jason Knight Rob Dickey these are good yeah. championship names I like filling up the squad with good championship names Definitely. I think you need that sort of core around those young good key play- good players young key players like Alex Scott um He's another one. Exciting. Likes to play football. That's what I like to see in the championship. A team that likes mm. to play football. Or alternatively, a team that exclusively plays hoofball. That's also <laughs> in the same league. It, like Quality isn't a straight line for me. It's a horseshoe. Like The yeah, very yeah. best and the very worst are both dangerously close to perfection. But um, yeah, I think Bristol City are on the uh, the better side this year. Um, I, I agree. The night signing yeah. is is a great one. I think he, it, seeing him play for Derby last season, I went to the Ipswich home game where, where they played and, you know, Ipswich just won one nil, but you know, it could have easily been very different. And I think he was a massive player in that. He's a very assured defender. And I think he's definitely one for the future. Um, actually on Scott, Alex Scott, there's a lot of talk about West Ham sniffing over him to be fair Ooh. as well. And, and I think he's worth, I think he's worth nearly 25 million. I think they're quite Bristol city anyway for him. And I, I can't see many teams trying to play that. So I think he will, I think it will do him good actually having another season in the championship mm. just to prove himself. And I think he's a massive key player for them next season. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm aligned to you. I, I think they're going to, you know, I think they're going to do pretty well next season. I, I, I and Pearson, you know, knows his stuff, right? He knows around the league and he, he's done it, right? He's been there, done that, got the T-shirt in championship level. He has indeed. And the uh, and the bird watching stickers to uh, <laughs> to prove it as well. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think good things are in Bristol City's tea leaves this year. And about time, right? They've always been like kind of just outside the playoffs. The nearly men, I always say they are, aren't they? So I think exactly they would yeah, so I think it would be good for them to have a good season. Um, I think I'm low-key rooting for them this season. Hmm. Agreed. Cool. Any cool Bristol City facts that you want to... Um, but I don't know if it's cool, but um, in 2016-2017, I didn't realise this has passed me by, so some Football League fan I am, but actually I think that was, well, that was the season where it got relegated out of the Football League, actually, so that maybe I turned a blind eye to it. But um, Tammy Abraham was at Bristol City. He was, um, yes, he was. And he actually scored 26 goals that year, and they still finished 17th. So God knows what the rest of the team were doing. Maybe just, yeah, maybe just assisting him. Maybe the whole raison d'etre for the City team that year was to uh, 
I like the one calling Bristol City the City team as well. That's yeah, big yeah. up Bristol City, England football powerhouse. But um, yeah, maybe that whole raison d'etre was just to make him a better player. So thank you, Bristol City, for that service definitely. briefly to English football before yeah, he went to Rome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was, um, that's a great fact, to be fair. I forgot mm. how many goals he scored. That's madness. Yeah, I, that passed me by that. And also, Ian Muse lived for between 25 and 28 years in the wild. Um. That's my Nigel oh, wow. Pearson fact. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Out of nowhere. Okay. He'll never. That. He'll never. Uh, he'll never live that down in my mind. That's the only thing he'll ever be known for. Um, yeah. Yeah. On that note, we'll uh, we'll, make, we'll spin the wheel, and it's just landed <laughs> on Huddersfield. Excellent. Another thrill. Yeah. So Huddersfield. Let me just go to my notes just while I'm here. Here they are. Um. So. Again, possibly got one of the well, in my opinion, anyway, one of the championship or just football league goat managers in history of mankind, Neil Warnock. I just Agreed. love him. Absolutely, Absolutely love, Neil love the man. He's just he's just the most average like average Joe guy managing in the league. I just but you just relate to him so much and I just love him. But you know, he's done it right. Like he's 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 done it massively with Sheffield United. Took him up to the Premier League. He knows Championship football inside and out. He literally is the most... When they brought him in, everyone thought that was a step back for him. But no, absolutely not. I thought it was a very shrewd move to get him out of the situation they were doing, they were at. And it's good that he's been given one more year to kind of just try try it out and see where he can go with it. You know, I don't think they're going to be plucking up any trees if you're like in, in the league, but... I think one thing you get when you're Warnock is stability, and I think you know they'll be comfortably in the mid-table region now. I think they'll be fine. Um, for me, like it looks like I, I'm a bit worried on the transfer window at the moment. It looks like they've just kind mm. of um, put a lot of their B team up, their under twenty ones up to their first team, and I think I'd like to see more, more, more of that. Um, they've obviously lost Holmes to Preston and uh, Boyle to I think Wrexham, yeah Wrexham, yeah the defender to Wrexham, right? So um, he's he's left Huddersfield. Somehow went two leagues down to Wrexham, but you know plug of uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, you know that's mm. always going to help. Um, I, I think they'll stay up. I say I don't think they're going to be plucking up any trees, but I think they'll they'll be okay because they've simply got Neil Warnock and he's just a bit of a legend, but knows the league, right? He knows how to get results and he did an absolutely sensational job last season with them when he came. Yeah. Out. I don't hate that. That was just all. I think their, uh, their transfer business is absolutely zero try at home yeah. at the moment, but um, yeah, need to yeah, invest. Neil Warnock is the, uh, the main event there. His 16th yeah. different team, apparently, which I think is pretty wild. That um, is wild. And an esteemed member of the uh, LMA a, a thousand club as well well into Definitely. it now i think he's over 1500 yeah, yeah. which is nuts but that is um, nuts yeah yeah one to watch this year as well josh karoma what a player i think that yeah guy, to be fair I put him as a oh, key player actually yeah, yeah what what a player it, it, it as soon as he cracks a championship he'll he, crack the prem as well he's a quality yeah. player yeah looking forward to see how he how he gets on he'll probably be there you know be their talisman next this season so you know when you have that added pressure on your shoulders then it you know it, it definitely makes or breaks a player so it'd be interesting to see how he does this year agreed cool i i think we'll crack on and, and keep, keep keep the momentum running right let's, let's, let's do, do that it. so your go we've i think we've got three more in this episode to go through and then and then we'll 
introduce our next section. You you correctly (laughs) preempted that my Huddersfield tidbit was terrible as well. So, no, very, very good idea to just skip over it to the next club. Well, you've got Ipswich, my friend. No, no, we, so let's, no, we're not doing it. I, I've, I've specifically I can do it then, said, yeah. yeah, Andy to do it, which I, and I will sure. expect the favour return for Leighton Orient as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's fine. You get my, my analysis. So, like, you know, obviously I've been watching them all season last season and, uh, you know, I've got definitely an affinity with the club now. Love the, love the stadium. Massive club in terms of its history. You know, had some, you know, some of the best English managers managed them with South Ramsey and Bobby Robson. And, you know, for me, the X factor in Ipswich is their manager, Kieran McKenna. Um, honestly, incredible technician. His tactics are spot on. Has a real good eye for a player. His transfer business last season was nothing short of incredible. Like the players that he bought in January, like Broadhead, who scored bags of goals. George Hurst from Portsmouth or from, you know, Leicester. But at the time it was Portsmouth. Um, you know has an eye for a signing plays really good expansive football like tore up some of the some of the football they were playing in league one last season was very very good but again i'm obviously going to look at it from a you know rose tinted glasses kind of thing and obviously league one's so different to the championship i was a bit worried for him at the start like the transfer window is very very slow to start with but they have bought in obviously they bought back hurst on a permanent now from leicester and obviously he scored some very vital goals last year um they've got a man city youngster goalkeeper on a permanent now i think so you know that's one for the future to give walton a bit of a you know a bit of competition because i think they'll lose Haldaki and maybe one of their other keepers to lower league up lower league teams um jack taylor i think is a great signing from peterborough he was one of the reasons why peterborough got in the position they were last season you know a really good anchor in the midfield and gives that midfield a lot more strength in depth because you've got morsey you've got morsey you've got taylor you've got um lee evans you've got you know you've got some really high quality high quality in that and obviously that allowed uh, mr idris el mazuni to go to your beloved orient back on loan which is probably probably made your year joe isn't it yeah, that's our signing of the season. What a player. <laughs> Astonished yeah. that he yeah. that managed to wrangle him back. But um, yeah, thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, Ipswich, for everything yeah. that you've done for us. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it remains to be seen whether um, this pigger is uh, is any good. I mean, uh, I, I, like I say, I'm I'm a sucker for a target man. So uh, it yeah, seems well, like he, he could uh, do a job when, we, when oh, we've is resorted it, is he come to Because I know he got released. Is come he come already. He, uh, Love that. Released Love that explicitly to come to Leighton Orient. You know, he, he negotiated a move away because he's desperate to join up with uh, Richie Wellen's championship chasers. But um, yeah. yeah. That's excellent. That's really good. I think that's a good signing for you. And they've just recently signed Hutchison, Omar Hutchison from Chelsea. So it's his first ever loan out of Chelsea. Seems quite a highly rated um, you know, winger. Um, so I think, you know, remains to be seen whether he's really good. But from the signings that McKenna's made in the past, you know, he definitely has an eye for a player and he definitely knows what he wants, which is incredible. Chaplin's their main man, right? Scored 26 goals as a central attacking midfield last season. Same as Johnson, Clark, Harris. From Peter Brew, just you know, somehow just scores shed loads of goals, um, and I think that you know, I think they do have the minerals. I do think they have the. I do think they could definitely challenge the upper part of the table. Don't think I. I personally don't think they'll get 
playoffs. I think that's a bit of a step too far. A lot of maybe Ipswich fans are thinking a lot more optimistic, you know, have a bit more of an optimist view on it. But I think, you know, the, the idea now is stabilise yourself in the league, get back used to the league. And then maybe next season is where you really just go gun ho and try and, you know, win it outright. And I think, but there's no reason why they couldn't. Like you told with Plymouth, momentum takes you a very, very, you know, takes you some great places. Um, so yeah, that's probably all I'll say about Ipswich. But I, I'm I'm optimistic in terms of I think they'll do well, and I don't think there will be anywhere near a relegation fight because I think they've got a really really good team behind them. Like Leif Davis, you know, if you ever see him play, he's a brilliant player. Like left back and and you know whips balls in, got like eleven or twelve assists in the league last season, and he's you know he's very very decent player. I think he'll go into the championship with ease, got him from Leeds and. I think yeah, I think they've definitely got the minerals to do to do well, but I don't think they'll do as well as maybe other people think they will. That's fair enough. I love the use of the phrase "they've got the minerals for the championship." Yeah. That um, that's going straight into my arsenal of uh of football <laughs> cliches. Um, yeah, absolutely. Bodies through the door being another one that I'm going to use a lot. Um, yeah, but yeah, I agree with all of that. Like I say, I um. I left a heavy analysis to you on that one, but um, I yeah, I, I I agree. I like Kieran McKenna as a guy as well as a manager. Yeah. I think he's one of those rare ones that have worked straight out of an academy setup, um, and have probably emboldened others in the championship this year to do the same. Um, yeah, looking at teams like Leicester, etc. But um, yeah, he's had a great yeah. um, he's had a great education into coaching, right? So obviously he was um he was at Tottenham for a bit in their youth ranks, and then was. Mm one of Ollie's assistants at United. So he's been able to deal with like big egos and, but he's just such a calming presence, right? He's, he's not, a, he's a quiet guy, but he just demands respect. And he kind of, I think that's what draws into a lot of people and, you know, gives him, gives him off as like a really self-assured, well-rounded manager. And I think he's, he's got that good mix of like being calm in like stressful situations, but also being a really good man manager as well. He's definitely, you can just tell he's just a bit of a not, you know, just a top guy, really, which is obviously a good thing. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting, you know, upper ends of the table, but maybe not in the playoffs. That's, that's kind of my take on it. I like that. I like uh, that. I'm intrigued to hear in any Ipswich tidbits or facts from you. Yeah, my, it, it, it could be a controversial one, actually, now Never. I read it, but, um, there is apparently a running feud at the moment with local town Colchester, whether it is the oldest town in England or not. Um, both actually lay claim to Anglo-Saxon founding post-Roman Britain, but um, obviously quite hard to work that out. Um, what say you, Andy? Do you... Another interesting tidbit: actually, no? Colchester is the first ever city in in a in the in in England. It well, you may you might have just solved it, Andy, because if Colchester is a city, it can't be the Colchester oldest town. Colchester is a city. So, yeah, Colchester is a city, yeah. It's the wow. first ever city in uh, in England. A peacemaker as well as go. a championship aficionado. Ah, oh, um, man of many talents. Yeah, you've got it all. Absolutely. Cool. Okay, we've got two teams left. So let's nice. crack up. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. So, Joe, you're going to be talking about oh, an interesting one, Swansea. Swansea, an interesting one. Last yeah. year, 10th, just above mid-table. This year, we shall see. Maybe not too far away from that, in a, in my opinion. 
outgoings hate the fact they lost Ryan Manning, quality yeah. player for nothing yeah. as well, like just disaster, disaster class. Um, followed uh, fact. followed Russell Martin, didn't they? Yeah, he did indeed. The classic. Yeah, manager gets his big move, steals the best players. That's a yeah, it's a it's a classic maneuver. Um, Michael Oberfemi as well. I, yeah. I love that guy. What a what yeah. a unit. Um, to Burnley again, Vincent Vincent Company is essentially just establishing a Leighton Orient sort of reserves and youth player uh, like pathway into the Premiership. So if, yeah, yeah. if if he stays at Burnley for another couple of years and you're sort of the ages of fifteen to sixteen, keep at it. And and try and manoeuvre yourself and move to Orient because you may well end up in their squad in the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, hate to see him go. Coming in, though, don't hate that Jerry Yates comes in. I think 14 yeah. goals for a, forgive Renegade me for saying it, yeah. Blackpool fans, diabolical side mm. last year is astonishing. And um, Josh Ginley as well. I Ginley, am I saying that right? Ginley, I, I, I think yeah. That's yeah the way another one. Yeah. Get in touch. I'll, I'll I'll make a public apology for saying your name wrong. Um, Thirteen goals in all competitions. I like that for from someone who isn't an out and out striker as well. I uh, I love goals from the wing. I love goals from midfield. I'm a sucker for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Michael Duff as a manager as well. I think yeah, he, was, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I think he. Uh... Go on. What are you going to say? I was gonna. I was gonna say. I thought he was. Um, he's a good appointment, right? He did yeah. really good stuff for Barnsley last year. Um, obviously, again, one of them teams that took Ipswich. You know, fighting with Ipswich for the automatic promotion all season. So clearly, you know, he's he's used to teams winning, right? And that's you know that breeds it breeds a culture of you know bringing you know levels of success, right? So that's super super important. So I think that's a good. I think that's a good appointment personally. Yeah, Barnsley agreed, fans agreed. won't say so, but you know it's fine. <laughs> and a little um, bit bitter about that. Yeah, key player. I've gone for Joel or Yoel mm-hmm. Piro. Um, Piro. Yeah. Anyone Definitely. who gets almost twenty goals in a year is uh is is worth their weight in gold. Whether or not he'll still be there at the start of the season is uh it, that that remains to be seen. But um, yeah, while he's still there, he's their key man. Um, you don't score that many goals and and not be so. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually dried. Eyeing, yeah, I'm actually eyeing up the um the Swansea away game next season for Ipswich. So Oof. that's what me and my partner's uh, dad and uh, brother-in-law are aiming to do with my old man as well. So we're aiming mm. to do Swansea away next season. So I'm intrigued to see that stadium. It's a place with a lot of history, uh, Swansea. Actually, Andy, do you do you know what happened in 1865 in Swansea? <laughs> do enlighten me. An epidemic of yellow fever, the only known outbreak on the British mainland. Um, do you know what happened in 1866, Andy? This one could be football related. Uh, I don't know what happened. It isn't football related. It was an outbreak oh. of cholera. Um, but in 1912, <laughs> so like the plagues hit or something. I don't know. You could. It could be another way of saying it. Swansea Town was founded and they oh, won okay. the Welsh Cup. So nice. Yeah. Three unfortunate tragedies in the space of almost fifty years, but um, yeah, hey, we uh, you you can you can enlighten us all on. I'm sure they've got a museum about it over there, so uh, Probably, yeah. yeah, you can go pop to the museum. Back. Don't catch yellow fever or cholera, and um, yeah, and then and then and then inform us. Exactly, no, that's uh, I'll definitely inform you. I'll uh, let the listeners know in yourself. Sounds good. How do you think they're going to do this season, roughly, from your side? 
a strong mid-table. And I by think strong, so. I mean, like, comfortable. Not comfortable. they'll do well. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, well, this is the last spin of the wheel for this episode. That's so. exciting. I know, right? I'm imagining really, you really, on the wheel, yeah. like Michael McIntyre on that spin the wheel program. Every yeah. time you do it, you're like rotating around your room. And then and the delay Absolutely. is you having to turn around on your seat and like look at which one you've landed on. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's quite nice when you can't actually see it as well, because it's like uh it's like you're waiting for it. It's great. Mm. Um but I'm now thinking of the Will theme song in my head, which is uh I'm now singing it in my head, it's great. Um and we finish off with I'm actually quite happy actually. We finish off with Leicester City, which is obviously uh one, so one of the obviously teams that came down from from the Premier League. For me, you know, it's been an interesting one. I was so shocked they went down last season, but, you know, they deserve to, right? They went on such a bad win, bad losing streak and couldn't buy a win. But how that team went down last season I is absolutely beyond me. Um, but obviously, you know, very recent success, won the Premier League in, you know, 15-16 or 14-15, I forget what season it was. I remember it very fondly because when I was at university, I used to work at um, Loughborough Morrison's, big up Loughborough Morrison's. And, um, you know, obviously Loughborough and Leicester's incredibly close. So you get a lot of Leicester fans or locals that work there. And it was just brilliant to see, you know, that them so happy and they just couldn't believe what was happening to them. And possibly, you know, having, you know, Ness and Dorma played on when you were getting the Premier League trophy is probably one of the iconic moments I think I'll ever forget. It's just crazy that they flew in, you know, Andrea Pacelli to... <laughs> King I love how that is your key takeaway from that season. It's so incredible, honestly. Wonderful it's sensational and season. achievement. And yeah, yeah. Bocelli uh, singing Ness of Dorma is up there. Uh, that's, honestly, no, I love it. that's incredible. Right up there with one of the sporting moments of my life, just watching that. It was just. Or not all musical think. moments. Oh, uh, yeah, it or me even, well yeah. Mm. It, it could be right up there. It's, it's just awesome stuff. And obviously won the FA Cup like only like two seasons ago, right? Which is mad. And now they're in the championship. Um, so they've obviously bought in a new manager, Pep's assistant, Enzo Maresca. Um, so obviously Rogers left and then uh, uh, Dean Smith left. Dean Smith did a you know, pretty drosh job, unfortunately, but one of them things. But seems very, very highly rated. Obviously, he's probably had the best education into you know management that he could have look what happened with Arteta with you know with Arsenal right so he was under pet became a manager in his own right and look at what's happening now with Arsenal you know one of the best teams in you know not just the Premier League and probably world football right now right so you know they're doing some amazing stuff and I think you know clearly Leicester saw something in him he's clearly got a good vision for the club and I think that is a very in my mind exciting appointment and something quite forward-thinking for some of these clubs that are quite well-established. Sometimes they can get quite safe and be like, oh, we'll just go for an established manager. It's quite good they've gone out the box a little bit and thought, okay, let's put put our, you know, similar to what Kieran McKenna's rip switch, like a young upcoming manager. And McKenna was linked with the Leicester job, um, to be fair, as well. So they're kind of on that, on that kind of trajectory of young manager investing them and make a young team out of it. Obviously, we knew that they were going to lose, you know, loads of different players. So obviously, they've lost Madison, but got forty million for him. Literally lost Barnes two days ago, thirty nine million. Lost, you know, Telemans was massively on their, you know, wage bill off there. So they've lost a lot of their, you know, big hitters. Hurst to Ipswich, plug them again. Um, 
So, you know, it was going to be a summer clear out, but they've got a massive wedge. And the fact that, uh, you know, a championship club, two of their players have fetched 80 million is just, you know, that's that's the world we live in now. And I know, obviously, transfer fees are relative to the situation and relative to the time, right? But it still you know, baffles me the amount of money that's being, you know, lured into the championship, which is great, right? Because that helps the league, right? With With higher value players. So obviously they've brought in Cody, um, you know, I rate that signing. I think that's a good signing. Very dependable, you know, England international and not just good for the defence, but also he just seems a massive character, which will help the dressing room. Because obviously they're probably, at, you know, pretty depressed right now with what the, what's what been going on. Um, Winks, I don't know how that signing is going to pan out. It could either be a stroke of genius or it could be Dross. I don't know. I hey, very Harry Winks is also an England international. No, if we're right. using that as a barometer yeah, of quality, apparently. I uh, okay, fair. I don't know yeah, yeah. that says more about what England were going through when they were trialing out Cody yeah. and Winks than uh than the than the quality of the player. But um, yeah, appreciated. I, I but I really rate the Doyle signing for Man City. Mm. I think that's actually a really decent signing. He's got something to prove. I think he's um, you know, a very highly rated youngster for City. Um, kind of doing the Southampton model where they're buying of like uh, Man City's prospects, but clearly he's got something to prove, and I think that will end up being a really good signing. Um, you know, their their team, they spun their team, and they generally, you know, they have Championship Premier League quality players, right? So they've got to be pushing up there i actually have them as second in the league i think they're going to finish second i still think they'll get automatic um and i think if they can keep hold of you know don't lose any more big time players and keep what they've got maybe invest in a couple of players i think they've got enough to 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 mount a challenge certainly um and you know you know you can't replace madison because he's you know top draw player but if they can get somewhere close with Winks and Doyle, I think you know that's that's going to help them. Um, but yeah, I I I I'm I really rate the manager appointment. I think that's a really exciting manager appointment. I think that will serve them well. That's my opinion on them. What about you, Joe? Finally, at the end of the episode, we've got what I wanted, which is a disagreement, explosive uh, disagreement. Love it, love it. I think that me. the managerial appointment is risky to say the yep. least. Sure. I think they think they've got a company, but in actual fact, they've got an Enzo Maresca. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the Winx transfer. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the Cody transfer. In my notable transfers out notes, I have everyone. And then I've got, obviously, Barnes, Madison, Tielemans, who you can probably expect to lose when you go down to the championship, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think the really key ones, Evans, Soyuncu, Amate, yeah. terrible players to lose because they're uh-huh. the. I think replacing strikers, replacing forwards, replacing creative players can be done a bit in house and, and can be picked up. I think picking up what is essentially a new defensive spine so difficult, um, and it remains to be seen whether or not the players there can can step it up. I think a saving grace for them, and why I haven't got them to be relegated by any means is I think if they can keep the players that they currently have left there is still the basis of a very good team there I actually I'm going big on Dewsbury Hall I I love that guy and I think if if there's somebody to replace you know something of the creativity that you lose with Madison and Barnes I think he's the guy 
Um, and up front, really, you've still got all the pieces. You've still got Ihianacho, Dakar, and Vardy at the moment, um, who all, in their own right, are probably Premier League strikers and would be expected to fill their boots this year. So maybe they will uh, they will Ian Holloway ball their way out of the championship. But I'm I'm nervous. I'm not as a yeah. not as confident as uh, as you may be on them. Not that I don't want them to do well, because I actually quite like Leicester, but. Yeah, it's a it's a concern. I th- I, I, yeah, you can either look at it two ways. It can never be a risky appointment, you know, doing a relatively unknown, unproven manager um, with Enzo. Um, and and it depends. They might, you know, they might invest in some more players, right? They've got an eighty million kitty to you know to dive into, right? So they, you know, they're probably going to invest in a lot more players, and you know, before the transfer window ends. So we'll have to see how that goes, right? But I think. You know, it is interesting. I I do agree with some of your points, but I also think that, you know, you know, we're still forgetting about Vardy, right? You know, he'll do an absolute job in the championship, right? He, he's still he, he's still a decent player behind that. Jewsbury Hall, to me, is a very, very high-quality player. And I think, you know, you've definitely got some elements of that team that's going to help. Um, but, yeah, we remains to be seen. Could I, like you said, it could be either a really good season or it could be an utter shambles. <laughs> that's the that that's 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 the that's the cool bit. I think with all the like relegated teams with Leeds and you know um, Southampton could could either be a absolute you know wonder of a season where they just go straight back up, or it could be an absolute shambles and they end up being a Stoke and mid table mediocrity. It's very very. We, uh, it's we wait with bated breath. Right, Would you exactly. like my quick Leicester fact? Yes, so to round us off on you've, section, you've alluded yeah. to it earlier, actually, with uh, them winning the league in 15-16 with 81 points. Would you like to have a guess at how many times since the year 2000 they would have won the Premier League with that points total? I'm going to probably go 0-1. Ooh, twice, actually. Twice, okay. Both were Alex Ferguson and Manchester United shithousing his way to the title. Um once in 2000, 2001, and once 2010, 2011. Nice. Who were the captains? What, for the United side? Both mm. United sides. So what see, What years were they again? Uh, 2000 and 2001. Yep. And 2010, Probably, 2011. Yeah. 2000, 2001. Would that have been like Roy Keane as captain? It, it was, yeah. That's the yeah, one I got 20... wrong, actually, because I did not think yeah. it was that early, but I'm a fool. I just think 99, that was just after the 99 season, right? And he was playing mm. in that. So, and then was it 2011, 2012? Uh, 2010, 2011. 2010, 2011. Who would have been captain at that point? Mm. Uh, it's a bit rogue. And you'll kick yourself when you hear it, it as Carrick? well. It's not centre back. No. Oh, centre back. What? Vidic? Yeah. Nemanja Vidic. It's, yeah. Warrior. Yeah. Absolute warrior. Absolute warrior. Well, there we go. That is the first. That is the first kind of twelve teams reviewed, and we'll uh, we'll be reviewing the next twelve teams in our next episode. So I think what we're going to be doing is we're going to be releasing episodes one and two, so you'll see the next team, you know, the next twelve team review using the will. But that is that section done, and now we'll move on to uh, to our unique section in the EFL uh, Sesh podcast, which Joe's going to introduce. I am indeed. Um... I am so passionate about, well, we are so passionate rather about the Football League that we're even interested in the the Football Non-League. We have selected 
at random, I lie, it was not random, um, <laughs> a, a step seven team to be following this year because, um, yeah, why not? Uh, that's that's where football is most interesting when you can uh, you can feel the sweat from the uh, centre backs' brows fli- flicked over the hoardings onto your face and into your beer, and and then you can taste it and be like, "Oh, that's disgusting." Um, so our team for this year will be Canvey Island FC, and why Canvey Island FC? I asked Andy, um, <laughs> but no, why, why Canvey Island FC? You, you may ask. Um, and actually, I've compiled a list of pros and cons. Nice. The pros are regular Elvis tribute nights in the clubhouse. Sensational. Um, you can apparently see boats going down the Thames during the game. Um, lots of interesting local derbies in the Isthmian Premier League this year. Um, their manager's called Brad Wellman, which sounds a bit like Rich Wellens. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can make that connection. I can get on board. Um, nice. And currently, they only have 12 first-team players on the website. So I was thinking if we go to a few games, I could take my shin pads and could be due a call-up. Um, cons, yeah. are they are presumably quite crap, um, but could also be a pro because I have supported Lane Orient for like 23-odd years. So just a home-from-home, really. Um, and £12 for adult admission makes me feel sick. So if you are listening to Canvey Island, change that immediately. That's far too much money. Um, but yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be following them throughout the season, following their transfer business pre-season, following their games week on week. Going to get down yeah. to a few. Um, yeah, we'll we'll let yeah. you know how it goes. We'll let you know what the experience is like and how it compares with the uh, with the football league transfer dealings. We're not talking about forty three million pound transfers at Canvey Island, I don't think. But um, no, definitely who knows. not. Maybe forty, happy. maybe forty-three pound. That might be a, that might yeah. be a, an agent's more, fee. So, yeah, agent's fee. Yeah, and uh, we may even like do a live podcast at the stadium. That'd be a really cool one to do. Actually, it's definitely on the agenda, and it'd be nice if we can get maybe one or two of the players, or maybe even the manager on the podcast to kind of give us a bit of a sense of how they're looking for the season and. Um, you know what really non-league's all about and it will give us a like kind of behind the curtain feel which would be awesome i like it i'm sure they're as yeah. excited as we are <laughs> i'm buzzing for it and i think in a in in the you say upcoming episodes we'll definitely just keep you uh, keep you updated on how they're doing and uh, yeah we look forward with bated breath how they do in the isthmian premier league this season actually alongside teams like hashtag united so that's interesting mm. as well so um yeah so that is our that is going to be our kind of segment moving forward at the season so yeah we're looking forward to see how they get on so we're actually coming to the end of, of episode one which is you know it's absolutely flown by for you don't mind me saying joe i think it's i've really enjoyed it no i'd, I'd like you to say that <laughs> i'd be i'd be much more offended if you said that was a terrible <laughs> hour and a bit and i hate every second of it yeah no it was um it's been really really good and um you know hopefully you've enjoyed it and like like i said we we started with part one so this is our championship preview um episode one and then our next episode we'll be doing our second part of the championship review where we'll be doing our tables and our predictions for the for the season which uh joe alluded to earlier explosive. so that's our thing. explosive yeah absolutely mm. 
um, and uh, will then be in lead up to the season, which is obviously only a couple of weeks away, which is mad. We'll also be releasing two episodes on League One and also two episodes on League Two. So, you know, please look out for that. But from our side, you know, really appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll plug all our socials. We'll be on Amazon, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that, all that good stuff. We're still kind of working the whole podcast releasing shtick and we'll definitely have it more polished and refined uh moving forward but yeah no any any final words joe before we close today no just stay excited stay excited and Mm. you know listen to the efl sesh podcast thank you oh i should have said that plug it